everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us is Games Editor, Mark Kalaroff. Took a pause there for a second. <laughs> I did. For some reason, I was going to introduce Campbell first, which I've never done before, uh, but it, it I don't know why. Wow. I, was, I was ready to, to do it. Trying to make him feel special. Trying to make him feel special. So I, with that... <laughs> Also with us is the the man I was going to introduce first, but then didn't, Indie Games Editor, Campbell Gill. I'm just sitting in the corner crying, knowing that I'm not special enough to have been introduced first. How could you do this someday, to me, Cameron? Someday you, will be, someday you will be first, I promise you. But today is not that day. Um, Ouch. So, <laughs> so a funny thing is, uh, as we were you know gearing up to record this episode, uh, we are recording, of course, on March 10th, which is Mario Day. Realize that it would not come out until minimum March 11th, so we're not going to talk about Mario Day. But in the course of that, I also realized we're celebrating uh, Miku Day as well, which is on March 9th, which uh, is uh, Hatsune is Miku. That? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, a rhythm game uh, with uh, a Japanese rhythm game, uh, which is funny because I was... Nintendo has all these sales, and they're always like, oh, here's the, here's the reason why we have this sale. So, of course, there's all the Mario sales. And I noticed there's all these Hatsune Miku games on sale. I'm like, why? Why is Miku on sale? And it's because uh, in, J- in Japanese, three can be pronounced as both Mi and San, and nine can be pronounced as both Ku and Kyo. Uh, therefore, March 9th can be pronounced, for the sake of pronunciation play, as Miku, uh, which is March 9th. So I just thought that was kind of a funny, a fun fact. Uh, March 9th, Hatsune Miku Day, March 10th. Incredible. Thank Mario you for Day, this yes. lesson in linguistics, Cameron. I really appreciate uh, yes, it. Yes, uh, we're all about the Japanese linguistics here on uh, at Express. Of course, I apologize for my horrible pronunciation of anything Japanese. I just, it's probably bad. <laughs> uh, if you are a Japanese native speaker and you're listening to this podcast, I apologize to you specifically. Uh, so, okay. So, it's March. It's the middle of March. It is the, the spring of unending video games. Uh, we've been talking about Horizon Forbidden West over on Goomba Stomp. We've been talking about Elden Ring over on Goomba Stomp. Uh, we've got the Kirby and the Forgotten Lands coming out in just a couple of weeks here. We've got massive RPGs and and other open world games out the wazoo. And so, of course, Mark and I are also on that train as well with the release of the Square Enix role-playing strategy game triangle strategy the long-awaited uh spiritual successor to final fantasy tactics and games of that nature uh both mark and i have barely scratched the surface of this game uh and and i'm sure we'll get into why (laughs) um, as we (laughs) as we discuss but we just kind of wanted to give some kind of first impressions uh before we can talk about this game more in depth uh after we both put a little bit more time into it uh Campbell, I forgot. You played the demo, right? A year ago? I did indeed, yep. Okay, so Campbell played the demo. Mark, you did not play the demo. I did not, because I wanted to wait for the full game. Um, so yeah, Mark went to wait for the full game. I, I am uh, I'm on the and squarely in the middle, as I so often am on this podcast. I played the demo, and I also am playing the final release. Uh, so I guess let's kind of start with you, Camp. Well, I guess actually, it might be better to start with Mark. Mark, why don't you give us your, wow, your kind I'm of high level... Wow, again, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Just twice wow. in a row. <laughs> that honestly was not even intentional. I wish I could say that I was doing that for the sake of a bit. I was not. 
Uh, Campbell, your, your time to shine will be later in the podcast. You will be getting plenty of speaking time, I promise. <laughs> I'm so uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, so, Mark, why don't you give your kind of kind of initial impressions? Because uh, I, I want to talk about it with you because I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, but why don't you give us your kind of first thoughts about the first couple hours of Triangle Strategy? Okay. Right off the bat. Graphics. We already know this from this team. What is this team called that made this game? Not Square Enix, uh, but Team like Asano. The, t- yeah, they beautiful graphics. Yeah, gorgeous sound design. Oh, Characters yeah. look amazing. Pixel mm-hmm. art's fantastic. Mm-hmm. This story made me fall asleep twice, and I'm not even kidding. I fell asleep oh, yeah. twice while playing this game because the story is so incredibly slow. I'm not gonna say like it's bad because it's not. It's just so incredibly slow and boring at times. And the characters, call it... they keep doing that Square Enix thing where I don't know what's up with their recent titles. This drove me mad. Like, I know you guys love the Final Fantasy VII remake, but this drove me insane. It's like, imagine, Cameron, if we talked like this all the time with pauses <laughs> in between everything. Uh, losing my mind. Yes. I literally... Yes. By the time the character finishes the sentence, I'm already on to the next one. I'm skipping oh, it. Yeah. Like I, yeah. It drives me insane. And when there's an hour of dialogue, it's like... Oh my gosh, yes. It's, so it's we, insanity. Okay. I cannot so, deal with it. Everything else I love about this game. I love the art style. I love the gameplay. It's just this one thing. The story. They did so much focus on the story. And the, the dialogue is driving me mad. So you, you bring up an interesting point, uh, Mark. So, okay, I, you are, I completely agree with you. The, the pace at the, which the story is delivered is glacial. It's glacial. <laughs> uh, uh, both Mark it's and I so put about... Bad. It's, it's so it's bad. It's interesting, because I agree with you. The story itself, pretty interesting, pretty good. I like oh, yeah. the characters. Mm-hmm. I like the conflicts that are kind of being, the groundwork is being laid. But the pacing is unbelievable. It's like... It's like they, they, okay, Campbell, let me pose you a question. Uh, both Mark and I have put about, um, I, I would say for me about eight, maybe like eight hours into this game. Mark, what about you? Uh, how many hours have we put in so far? If you just had to ballpark it. Would you say I'd probably less than like four? Yeah, I'd probably say like five hours. Okay. And so, I've, I've only no, 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 no. Like hold it. I know what you're going to say. Save it. Save it. Ah, I was going to say, save it. Save it. Because, Campbell, I was going to ask you, how many battles do you think both Mark and I have fought in, you know, in the first eight to ten hours of this game? Well, uh, something tells me that you only fought two battles in honestly, the, dude, those first few hours. I can count on one hand the amount of, of uh, tactical battles I have fought in the first eight hours of this game. Well, that um, sounds weird. It's wild man and i will say uh, uh, i've gotten to a point in the story now where like the, con- the 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 main conflict has i think finally kicked off and it's like okay now i'm kind of hitting battles every so often there is a, a feature in this game where you can kind of engage in optional battles which is like okay i'm starting to see more of that kind of thing develop oh, i love great. that i haven't i haven't reached that yet because I've been, oh really okay do, yeah i've been working on to... other games i've been that's well, i can say yeah. it i've been working on a uh, persona 4 arena ultimax and Ooh. chocobo racing gp mm. and yeah this game is just i, I just let me play the game <laughs> it's wild it is it's uh was, was final fantasy tactics like this because i've um, never played it but uh i've always wanted to my it's been many years since I've played Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance is a game I put 600 hours into as a, as a teenager um, on the Game Boy Advance. 
uh, if not more. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy Tactics for the PlayStation was kind of a different beast. I didn't actually play that play that game until I got my PlayStation Vita um, in you know ten years ago or whatever it was, if seven years ago, however long ago before the Vita you know RIP uh, got got axed. Um, my my initial my like my my gut tells me I was fighting a lot more battles. Or if I wasn't fighting a lot more battles, uh, I was engaging in a more better-paced story. Um, mm-hmm. Because, it, I, like, it, again, it's it's. I think it's simply a problem of pacing. And what I was going to yeah, say... Yeah, that's, that's really the game's biggest problem. There's, I honestly don't have any other complaints for it, outside of maybe some, like, questionable um, UI and tutorials on, like, mm-hmm. the uh, transition screens, which is, like... It's it's doable. It's odd. It teaches you things in advance, but outside mm-hmm. of that, it's like, yeah, the pacing is my only problem with this game. It's just it's wild. At least so far, you know, maybe well, the story I think, goes up, maybe it goes down. Like I don't know, but uh, I'm 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 yeah. super intrigued. Have you gotten to a point in the story where you have to make a choice of where to go? Yes, I already did. Okay, that. so yes. So did you did you choose Hyzant or did you choose Esfrost? Uh, Hyzant. Okay, me too. Dang, they, I was hoping you chose were, the other one. He, I was hoping you chose the other one because ah. I was like, the other one seems more uh, generic. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want exactly. the more that, interesting that, that, one. That I, I was, I had the exact same impression. So my, I'm super, super curious to, uh, to go back and kind of see, like, okay, what happens if I make the other choice? But I'm like a little bit nervous to do so because of how long the intro is like well clearly i need to jump in and take that other option then and just slog through however many hours it takes to get there campbell um, campbell four hours four hours what four hours literally four hours no, to uh, the decision. The decision to, was like at least. two and a half. I I don't know, man. I, maybe I was not pressing the A button fast enough to advance that dialogue. But <laughs> maybe you were letting every it, character it, talk. And I did. I I also things. did like the optional story with um, he's the main character's best friend. Um, oh, Roland. Roland. Yes, yeah, I did his uh, his sides. Yes, I did his side story, which I think he's one of the more uh, intriguing characters. Yeah. So far, I really like all the characters. I we okay. We should we should zoom out a little bit. So. Because uh, because we've been talking about that how the the plot is is delivered very very slowly, um, but uh, one of the interesting thing, one of the interesting things about this game uh, is I, I think it's a deliberate choice on the part of the writing team to like no we are really gonna make you invest in every well, single facet. I'm gonna. Uh, Please yeah, go ahead. It's it goes into every single detail, which kind of yeah. bothers me. It's it's uh, this game yeah. is literally a question of how much time do you have. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it literally like that. questions that, and yeah. it's it explains everything. This is the salt mine. These are the three factions. Did you yeah. know about the king? How about his wife? How about the, this? <laughs> how about his three it's children? Like, how his about his children? children? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like every. It's single... driving me mad. It's like yes. please, like you don't have to do all this. Like it's nice for story building, but it's nice when it's optional. And after just I, playing, I'm gonna yeah. make a comparison. After just playing Horizon Forbidden West, right? Sure. I know not a Nintendo game, but in that game, a lot of the dialogue is optional, and if you don't see a lot of that dialogue, you could still fully enjoy the story. That's what I love about that game. Right. This game, you're forced to see all the dialogue, and right. I'm just... 
It's making it's making me want to boot up Fire Emblem. It's, That's it's fair. So me, okay, so okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this make this this promise live on the on the show right now. Uh, I promise that I will play at least the intro of Fire Emblem Three Houses in the next uh, let's say in the next two weeks. I don't know if I can get to it this week, um, and then we can do a little a little uh, a little compare contrast of the intro mm-hmm. of Triangle Strategy and the intro of Fire Emblem Three Houses, kind of the two big strategy games. Um, that are out on the Switch right now. I've heard nothing but incredible things about Three Houses over the last, it is. you know, it is one of several the best years. Switch games. I cannot wait to play it. Um, is 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 I will say this: Triangle Strategy is reigniting what I love about this genre of games because I love to get in there and fiddle with my guys and like, okay, I know that this guy's got. Uh, one, one thing I love about this game is that the characters. Um, rather than like you know choosing equipment and choosing classes and stuff like that, the characters, their classes are sort of a reflection of their personality traits, which I think is really cool. Um, so, for example, you have uh, uh, Anna the spy, and her whole thing is like her her character in the plot is she's like she's a spy. She's like the king's you know if she needs something she'll go get it for you, and so all of her abilities are like. It's all about like okay, I get bonuses from doing backstabs. I get, uh, I can I can cloak myself after I after I do an attack. I can perform two actions in every turn. So it's like all of her abilities are sort of related to who she is as a person. Um, same with, uh, uh, for example, Sarah Noah, the the main character, who's kind of like he's like the the go getter prince guy. He's very much like the Rob Stark of this game. Um, Speaking of, you know, they really want this game to be... Also, we got to talk about how they really want this game to be Game of Thrones. They really yes, they want do. it to be Game of Thrones. <laughs> they uh, very down, much do. Down to the map, like down to the overworld map, they they very much would like this game to be Game of Thrones. Um, but like Sarah Noah, he's kind of like the go-getter prince. So all of his abilities are like, get out front of, get in front of the action. Like, you know, be the swashbuckling hero. Like, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't, do, do you have any favorite uh, uh, characters or, or people that you like so far? Uh, you know, I've been multitasking so many games. What's the wife's name? <laughs> Which one? The wife. Federica. There we go. Federica. Federica, yes. I yes, really yes, yes. like her the most so far because oh, of her conflict with, like, the, uh, you know, how she comes from two cultures and how that affects yes. the uh, Hyzant story arc so far. So, oh, I don't know how that okay. would be in, you know, the other side of the story, but, uh, yeah, I really right. like what's going on right there really quick. She's Okay, she's such a fascinating character. I am, okay, I gotta say, they are trying to thread a needle with that character, and I'm so curious <laughs> yes. to see how they pay it off. <laughs> uh, because, uh, Campbell, in case you weren't aware, uh, this character that Mark and I are talking about, Frederica, she is a, uh, in the game, her sprite is a little, little pink-haired uh, woman. She's like the mage. She has, like, fire magic. She's really cool. Hmm. Um, and her whole thing in the game is her mother is from a different uh, culture. She's basically like the equivalent... Okay. She's basically the equivalent of a gypsy in this game, where, like, everybody looks down on her people. Everybody's like, oh, you're a Roselle. Oh, my God. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Like, you are a lesser person because of your heritage. And I'm like, this game is is throwing out some pretty... <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it racism or classism or what, but this game is like... This character, people don't like her, and I'm oh, so no, curious. Oh, no, it 100% dives into racism. Yeah, I'm, I'm so curious to see how they how they pay it off um, later in the game, because it's 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 super interesting. 
See, um, that's what I really like about this game. It sets yeah. up so many great plot points and stuff that you want to see how it plays out. But uh, it's <laughs> for me, it's a matter of endurance if I'll fall asleep or not. Because <laughs> there's just so much dialogue. There's you know? a lot of dialogue to sift through. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I Okay, so the, the final point I wanted to kind of make about this. So one thing that this game has that games that it is the spiritual successor to did not have is voice acting. Um, so, <laughs> Mark's favorite I, topic, I can tell. I'm kind of mixed on the voice acting of this game, and I don't know if it's because of all the pauses that you're alluding to, Mark, but like, I think the performances in this game are very no, hit or miss. There, hit there or miss. are some that are very hit or miss. I think yeah. uh, Federica and Sarah Noah play the main two characters. I think yes. they're pretty good overall, they're pretty good. I'd say, yeah. so far. I think Roland is also uh, filling his part, but there are yeah, some I, I, where I they're him, yeah. so stereotypical where it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, the characters where I will skip their di- not skip their dialogue. I'll read it as fast as possible and skip their voice acting. Well, so that's that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, because in those older games, you could read them at your own pace, right? You, you're not mm-hmm. like sitting and listening to voice acting. You're just kind of like reading a line, and you can kind of move through the story as fast as you can click the button. So, do you find yourself? I mean, you kind of said it just now. Do you find yourself wanting to do that in this game? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Those pauses. Yeah. If I could do anything Brutal. to skip those pauses, please. Atlas Games give you a perfect example. Persona Five Strikers and that kind of stuff. I will sit through the dialogue. Great voice sure. acting at a great sure. pace. Everything goes along so smooth. This game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, hurry the heck up. Let me read. Like, just, I don't even care about the performance at that point because yeah. I, it's driving, again, it's cutscenes that are 30 minutes that should be 10 minutes. That's the game's yeah. biggest problem. It's true. It's true. And uh, so, okay, to circle back around to Campbell, um, I, Campbell, last, okay. yes. Because <laughs> we, I don't think we ever actually talked about it on the podcast. Uh, what do you, what did you think of the demo of this game? You know, I really, I, I kind of had similar thoughts to what you guys are describing right now with the story, where I thought like the demo opened with some pretty lengthy exposition and dialogue and stuff, and then there was even more dialogue after the combat, and I was really overwhelmed with just how many different place names and characters and terms and all this kind of stuff was introduced at once. But I was like, well, it's a demo. It's a little vertical slice of the game. Surely it'll be better at explaining all of that and more intuitive in presenting all that world building and stuff in the actual game. So that was like my my comfort, I guess. Like I was really just overwhelmed with all that. I thought the gameplay was cool. Um, sure. And I was just hoping the story would come off a little little more smoothly in the finished product. But it's sounding like, based on what you guys are describing, that isn't exactly the case. It's like throwing someone into the middle of the Lord of the Rings, and they're somehow still interested. <laughs> right. And, they're and somehow it's interested. Well, it's tough because, it's tough because, they're surely, they're, and again, I'm not a professional you know, narrative writer. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not that guy. So obviously I'm not mm-hmm. the one to be giving, like, you know, huge critiques about about narrative design or anything like that. But surely there is a more elegant way to move through the plot of this game than showing a top-down view of a map and having a narrator be like, 
the three regions of Norzelia. <laughs> da, 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 da. And it's like, I, man, I completely that, forgot yeah. about those. Yeah, it's brutal. I remember that it's from brutal. the demo and being like, why is this guy talking about salt so much? Like, yeah. what's going on? Here? And at least, at least get someone in there who's at least going to make it fun. If you're going to do that right. all the time, you know, well, yeah. get someone it's, wacky or interesting instead or, or just, like the most stereotypical girl reading it. Or simply do not do that, right? Like, yeah. it's so, it's so, yeah. like, it really does feel like, like, you mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier, Mark, it really does feel like the Galadriel part of, uh, <laughs> of the intro. It really, literally feels like that, so, of like, you know? Oh, man. Is this but like a Silmarillion have... strategy, then? Uh, it's kind, yeah, you know what? That's not a bad comparison. Oh, to, God, to that's talk horrible. About the <laughs> no, you know, you know what? This it's game is dense. literally, like, there's so much fantasy you know there's so much fantasy inspiration with like lord yeah. of the rings and game of thrones and yeah. even like dune with like salt mines and stuff like that sure, but sure. like it's like a it's like a fire emblem soap opera gone wrong i don't yeah. know how else to Ouch. put it well I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm what gonna i mean withhold. what i mean by that is like the direction like again imagine if we spoke like this all the time and we took a million pauses. It's like, it's aggravating. It gets, yeah. it drives me up the wall. And yeah, I yeah. literally have nothing, like, I have nothing else on this game. It's just the pacing is so horrendous. Right. Like, I'm hoping, it, maybe it'll get better. Like, I'm, I, that's will, what I'm going to say. But I, at the point, at the point where I'm at now, I have a little more options available to me. I can kind of, like, pick and choose. Like, okay, do I want to go to my encampment? Mm -hmm. Do I want to engage in an optional battle? Do I want to go see the side story? Like, there's a little more options available to me, which to me feels a little more freeing. I really hope that the, uh, that the pacing, uh, picks up, you know, as, as I continue to move on. Like, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, those first few hours are just table setting. And mm -hmm. then things will just kind of kick off from there. Um, that said, I, I would it would not surprise me if this game like just holds your hand the entire time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I hope <laughs> not. No, we'll the worst the worst one is when they uh, when there's not like a consistency between these cutscenes. So it's like they pull you back to the main map after like a 15 minute cutscene, and it's like yeah. here's another one. <laughs> like, That's why the didn't craziest you just keep going? You're in the same room. And it's like, the thing that really gets me is, it's what you just said, Mark. Like, you'll you'll do, you'll do engage in this long, and the, and the cutscenes are, we should be clear, the cutscenes are very static. Like, yeah, that too. It's liter that's, it'll literally you know, be... It's a 16-bit game. It's so. a 16-bit, it's that HD 2D style, which again, looks mm, delicious. It looks incredible. It, it makes me very, yeah. makes me very hyped for Dragon Quest 3 remaster or remake, or whatever they're going to call it. HD 2D Dragon Quest 3 <laughs> extravaganza. Echoes of an elusive age. Echoes of an elusive age. Special edition. <laughs> Featuring Dante from Death May Cry. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. With Funky very much mode. looking, very, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that a lot, especially after seeing, playing more of this game. But with the caveat of, so you'll be in this, You'll be in like the throne room, for example, and it'll be the king and like his advisor, and it's just and they're not the the sprites are not even moving. It is literally a character says a line, another character says a line, and they just have that dialogue back and forth, and the characters are just standing there, and nothing else is happening in the room, and it'll go like that for five, ten, fifteen minutes. The scene will end. You'll go to the next thing. You're like, okay, great, time to time to engage in a battle or or do something else. And it'll go to like the exact same setup with like one more character added, and again they're not they're not like walking back and forth. They're not like emoting. They're not doing anything. 
Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's baffling. It's a it's a very odd choice. Um, I'm very you know I've I'm very much fine with that. Like I love you know I don't love a lot of 16-bit RPGs. We know that, but like sure. Earthbound, like I will sit there and through all the dialogue and read through all of it because it's funny, it's humorous, sure. it keeps you it's engaged. Quirky, yeah. like, it's, it's really well, really the, written. Yeah. The story is keeping me, right? I'm interested in where the story is going to go. But I'm going to be honest, like, if another RPG I was interested in came out right now, today, I would probably drop this game because yeah. this game has some massive structural problems. And I don't, I don't think this is even like a triangle strategy problem. Like, I think this is just Square Enix's games in general. Interesting. And I think it's I so, think it's like bleeding into all of them, and I'm not sure why this. Well, like the stylization I, choice, like I don't even know what to call it, but it's like this problem needs to go. Like I don't understand <laughs> it. Well, it's it's tricky because on the one hand, I mean, speaking to Final Fantasy VII remake, on you know at least on that front, you have like production. The production values of that game are unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. if you've never seen that game in action, like pull up a cutscene on YouTube or something. And even well, again, even it's the, even. I was going to say this before. The you know the soundtrack is the saving grace of the engagement of this game. Which is, again, like, I think the same, again, I didn't play all Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I think the same exact thing, where it's like, you're kind of looking at two characters standing around talking. And I know a lot of RPGs have this problem, but I feel like with Square Enix, it's been really, like, on full display recently. And, like, I just don't understand where this problem is is coming from. It's one of those things where, like, either... Either you like that style or you don't, and either you like are are you're all in on the performances or you're not, and mm-hmm. like, as so far I'm kind of not, and I'm I'm hoping again I'm hoping to be won over by this game. Like, listen, to be clear, Mark and I both really like this game. It's good. Yeah, the, the, I really I really the like battles it. Rule. The production is there. Yeah, the, the pro- battle. It's, like, it's all. I it's love all the that. gameplay. The gameplay, gameplay is, is exactly what tactic, I wanted. I love it. It's it's like. But let I, me play it, the game. <laughs> but let me play the game, right? Let me let me get in there. Let me let me do my tactical strategies, mm-hmm. please. Like I want to, I want to, you know, I want to get behind somebody and and people say like games like Metal Gear Solid and stuff like that are like bad yeah. for like just having so much, so many cutscenes and stuff. But like at least those are like telling a full on story with like narrative direction and you know camera direction and cinematics and, exactly but this is just like you're staring at three characters in a room the majority of the time and they're just standing around and occasionally they'll like turn around or do like a small movement or it's just i find it such a shame because it's like the gameplay is fantastic and the story is interesting but just let me play the game let and me get in there through yeah this stuff yeah. Like, I'm, like, again, I have never fallen asleep during a game. I'll say it sure. right now. I can't I say fell that. asleep during this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, listen, like, to, be, to is, be fair. This is the first fall- time I've legitimately just fallen asleep playing a game. Yeah. You're getting old, Mark. You're getting old. <laughs> um, I fall, listen, I fall asleep to games all the time. I fell asleep playing Horizon Forbidden West a couple of weeks ago. Like, don't worry about it. Um it's listen it's i hate to say it gentlemen but it's it will happen to you it'll happen to you <laughs> no uh, never <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so that said uh we should probably table the rest of our thoughts on triangle strategy until we played a little more a little more of the game i, I i'm fully agree with you mark i really hope that the pacing turns around as we continue to play i have high hopes um even if it doesn't we'll still play more of this game i'm sure mm-hmm. 
um, and we'll have more thoughts about it. And we will do a some kind of comparison with with Three Houses at some point, if only to satisfy uh, Ricky D, the creator of Goomba Stomp, because I know he <laughs> has been eagerly awaiting to talk about Fire Emblem uh, with mm-hmm. me, so we, we got to make that happen. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and then Campbell is going to yell at us for the next <laughs> hour and a half. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. back all right so <laughs> we are at, we have entered part two of the podcast uh uh if we if this was a youtube video essay we would have a section break that said disappointment uh so a couple of months back during an indie direct uh we all three of us got very hype about a game uh about a a, a it looked like a cool action platformer uh, set in like Incan or you know Mayan South American Mexican Aztec. style Aztec it even very good <laughs> looked really cool uh, kind of a techno futuristic uh, slash but it had these like cool themes of Latin American culture in there and uh, we all got very hyped about this game Aztec what's it called Aztec Forgotten Gods that is exactly what Aztec it's called. Forgotten Gods so we were all very excited about this game coming out on the Switch. Uh, Campbell has been reviewing it for the website, and Campbell, I'm just going to turn it over to you. What do you have to say about this game? First of all, I'll just say that its name is very fitting, because this game is best left forgotten, best left lost <laughs> to the annals of history. It's Ouch. The game is all about uncovering the past and celebrating your heritage, and this is something that nobody should ever be forced to return to, look back on. It's an insult to everything that it attempts to celebrate. It's just really, in in a word, a bummer. Because wow. <laughs> like you were describing, Cameron, it was so exciting. This game looked really, really cool. And another That's thing is the fact that it was developed by uh, a studio called Lienzo, which made uh, an adventure game called Mulaka a few years ago, which was fantastic. We have a glowing review of that back on the site. And it was kind of similar, where it was an open-world-style adventure game, so it was pretty easy to get excited and be like, hey, if they made a game as cool as Malaka, they can only go up from here with Aztec Forgotten Gods. But in almost every conceivable way, Aztec Forgotten Gods is just, it's trying to do so many things. It's trying to be a Shadow of the Colossus-style boss rush game. It's trying to be a really poignant, narrative-driven experience about, you know, uh, parent and child relationships and self-worth and all this kind of stuff. And it's also trying to be an open-world exploration game, all wrapped into one, and it succeeds at none of them. And it fails spectacularly at each one. It's the point where, like, 
I never want to be this like disappointed or mad in an indie game because it's like they're indies. You know, you can't expect AAA production values out of these games, right? But there's a certain point where it just feels like the entire thing was a mistake. You know, like surely somebody making this could have been like, hey, we don't even have the resources to make a game this ambitious, this huge. We need to dial this back because there are really promising bones here. The story for the game, for example, is really good. It's about this young woman. She's like either a teenager or maybe in her early 20s named Akhtil. Uh, she has only one arm. Her father died many years ago in a tragic accident and she's trying to find her way in the world. She ends up getting wrapped into this huge adventure to try and protect the world from these gods that suddenly, you know, popped up out of nowhere and are taking over the city, the city of Tenochtitlan. Um, and it's a re it really attempts to show how she's trying to come into her own, come to terms with her trauma, come to terms with appreciating her own self-worth and getting stronger and growing closer to her mother and all this kind of stuff. But the way it goes about presenting that is through probably not as bad as Triangle Strategy, but tons and tons of exposition dumps and hours-long conversations, which in an, a self-professed action-adventure game feel sorely, sorely out of place. So, for example, the opening of the game is like you have like a five-minute action sequence for the tutorial, and then just an hour, even like an hour and a half, really, of just talking to people, wandering from one part of the city to another talking to more people and all they're saying is explaining the past of the city and explaining like hey did you know that there's this research facility that's learning about aztec religions we're talking about these gods that were forgotten long ago and just goes on and on and on like that and i'm like hey i you know there are giant cool bosses on the you know on the icons for the game and the screenshots i want to fight these bosses what's going on with this and it just keeps staying just so slow like that and again there's no issue with it being trying to be more narrative driven if anything i think that's a really unique focus for an action game to have but because of how much exposition it has it just feels like such a slog and then when you do get to actually play the game you get to wander around you get to fight some enemies it just feels so imprecise so floaty so mechanically just just unpredictable really so the mechanics are where you have this like robotic arm which is which is a pretty cool ability um and you can fly around the city and you can use it to attack monsters and stuff and at first it's really cool to be able to just soar through the sky jump you know you can climb up walls and everything but when you're actually in the middle of combat it just becomes nearly impossible to actually target any enemies, whether they're a giant boss or a small like goon or something. You're just going to be soaring around in circles, zipping past back and forth to the point where even if you know a weak point, if you know an enemy's you know um, weakness that you're trying to target, it's difficult to even go about doing that. There is a targeting system, but the targeting system you can't control, and often oh, it'll man. target on something that you don't even want to hit. Oh, you're like, hey, God. I just, I just you know weakened this boss. It's its weak point is right there. I can beat the game right now, but no, instead it's targeted me towards this random enemy off to the other side of the stadium, and I just missed my chance to beat the boss. And that happened several times throughout my playthrough. So it's little frustrations like that that really just keep adding up to the point where it just doesn't succeed at anything. It's just, and then even, you know, I'm just 
going on a rant at this point because there's so much that's wrong with it and it's so disappointing because again there was so much potential and there were times where it really does shine like especially in the lighter half of the game it really delves a lot more into Octil's mental health struggles and her own like you know it literally delves into her psyche but the sheer amount of garbage you've had to go through to get to that point means that whatever greatness it achieves in its narrative feels like barely enough payoff to make it worth going through all those mechanical issues all that drab storytelling it's just a really really rough ride throughout that whole Ouch. thing yeah man yeah mm -hmm. that's and if I could add one more thing as well, the thing that really makes the emphasis on the narrative so bad is like, I know that, again, talking about triangle strategy, you know, the bad voice acting can really hamper the experience of a story. But I think that even bad voice acting would have been better than whatever we have with the lack of voice acting in Aztec Forgotten Gods, because it takes a Zelda-like approach where there's no voice acting, but each character does a little sound whenever their dialogue box shows up. So they go like, hmm, ah, oh, oh, but they do that Classic. for every single line of dialogue, every single one in hour-long conversations. And it's the same five grunts for each character. And it often feels like literally just inappropriate for whatever the scene is going on. So you can be talking, just having a normal conversation with your mom. And she's just going, ah, oh, ah, mm, ah, ah, oh, ah. Oh, boy. It go, yeah. And it goes on and so, on and someone on Someone use Campbell's voice clips for your own game. Mm -hmm. you just, all you have to do is just credit us in the credits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, royalty free. Let's just go go and do it. And those are better than whatever you have in, <laughs> in this game. And my favorite part about that, though, is like once you leave the home and you're just like fighting enemies or whatever, you can talk to your mom to like a walkie-talkie. And she makes the same noises, but they're like muffled through the walkie-talkie. So it's just the same... But it's like a little like duller, and it just gets so so grating, especially to the point where there are scenes where it's like, you know, like hypothetically say, you know, oh well, okay, there is one example where like her mom gets trapped behind like in a room of a, a dig site, and a big part of the game is have to get her free, but like she gets trapped in there, and instead of like screaming or whatever, she just goes, ah. Which is just oh like God. a depressed, disappointed sigh. And it's little incongruencies like that that really make it difficult <laughs> to to really feel engaged with any of this. And then you pair that with the fact that the characters have these extraordinarily jinky animations. Like characters moving their mouths, it doesn't look like they're talking. It looks more like it's a model, like like a clay model where like you have like fingers pushing in along the side to like mush it out to make it look like you're actually talking. And it's just the most grotesque looking thing. Well, speaking and, of models, mm -hmm. are, you, are you about to bring up what you sent us? I am indeed. So <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> first thing I should say is that it's a Switch game, so I don't expect it to be graphically amazing. But what we have with the Switch version of Aztec Forgotten Gods makes games on the PS1 look amazing. It makes the original Final <laughs> Fantasy VII oh, look no. like a graphical masterpiece. Oh, no. Because, look, I will attach a screenshot in the show notes for this episode or something like that, because you, you really cannot believe how grotesque a lot of the characters look in this game. Like, the main four or five characters look 
decent, I guess. Like, even Axial doesn't look great most of the time, but at least her design is distinct. But if you go around the city, like, if you actually stop flying around the city and you stop to talk to some of the NPCs that are wandering around, they literally look like ps1 asset packs or something that they just wow. got thrown in there and they're like blobs of beige or brown or whatever like they barely even have clothing or anything their arms aren't shaped like arms they're shaped like triangles it's just disgusting to see that and you talk to them and they're they like they try to do animations right for characters to be talking or moving around but it just looks like rectangles along the side of an oval flopping one way or the other with like a smiley face scribbled onto it <laughs> like i could design a character that looks more realistic than this and i have zero you know zero artistic or design or graphical abilities so it's really just i understand that uh, compromises had to be made to get this open world to go onto onto the switch and have all of these characters around in it but like if you have to go that far why even do this? Why even have an open world if you're going to leave it so empty and filled with these freaks of nature that make me want to just cry as soon as I see them? It's just, yeah. and that is not even anything aside from them in, in the world. So really the gameplay loop is just where you talk to your mom, you talk to a researcher and they say, hey, there's a monster over here. You go to the monster, you beat it up. And then you go back to the research lab, you talk to a friend, your friend gives you an upgrade, you talk back to your mom, you go back, you hear some more monsters, you go to fight the monsters, rinse and repeat like six or seven times. And really the, the open world structure adds nothing to this. It just adds time. It just wastes your time because you have to go three or four minutes outside the main hub area to find the monster. And then maybe if it's feeling particularly frisky, you might have a puzzle or two to try and find the monster. Maybe you have to be like, oh, I need to find a way into this dungeon or into the secret room. But that's really it. And it feels like the game would be so much smoother, so much better served if that open world was just taken away. And it was just focusing on the boss fights because the boss fights themselves you know, when the gameplay mechanics actually work, when you're not fighting against the mechanics of the game altogether, they're pretty cool. Like, the designs are amazing, and the scenarios that they have, where there's, like, for example, one one boss is this, like, giant soccer ball-like creature with, like, a, a lemur inside of it. It's inside a, a soccer stadium, right? Like, that's a really cool setting. And if it weren't for the... The fact that I had to wrangle with the controls to just target the thing whenever I could fight it, you know, it would have been really cool. So there are so many things that are just thrown on top of what would have been a promising loop. If it were just something like, say, a visual novel for the story, right? Like you just have character portraits, you have dialogue boxes, and then you select a level, you go fight the boss. Then it would have been just a lean clean <laughs> concise experience that would have been really consistent and great but with so much fluff thrown on top of it and none of that fluff being particularly well executed it just feels so so drab like it's an entire waste of time where it's like the developers realized they had these seven or eight bosses and they realized it would take you maybe 10 or 20 minutes to fight each of them and they realized hey we need to add hours of story hours of superfluous open world stuff to just make this a substantial game so it really just feels so disappointing for all of those reasons. It felt the need to throw so much fat on top of these really solid bones. If it trimmed that all away, it would have been something special. But 
especially on Switch where the graphics are so horrendous, really in handheld mode, uh, and things don't look much better in portable mode either. But you, I've also been watching footage on other platforms. It looks ugly no matter where you play it. So it's just a disappointment all around. <laughs> That's a it's a it's a damn shame. Uh, it is when, indeed. Thank you for he- yeah. hearing me out on my therapeutic rant. It feels a bit good to to let out the sheer rage that has been building up within me for the past week playing this. I game. was going to say, do <laughs> do you uh, do you feel do you feel better, uh, Campbell? <sighs> yeah, I think so. I'll still cry <laughs> myself to sleep tonight, like I have for the past seven nights. But it'll it'll be a little better this did you, time. Did you get to go to the cafe, talk to Bulbasaur, write your feelings out? <laughs> I couldn't because I spent so much time wandering around Tignoctitlan and talking yeah. to these horrifying monsters. You, listen, you, you gotta... Okay, again, obviously a very different experience, but you gotta get on that Cafe Remix channel. You gotta get on it. It's, you'll love it. It's so good. I'm gonna do Therapy. it. It's downloaded. And, you know, I've written up the review at this point. I've written a slightly more coherent version of my unhinged rant a few minutes ago. And um, once that's up on the site... I'm just going to chill out at the cafe for a while, and hopefully this l- adorable little Bulbasaur will hear me out on my sorrows. <laughs> I, I think you'll, I think you'll, I think you'll uh, appreciate the, the calming feeling you will receive uh, having doing that. Um, we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to give Campbell a chance to reset, uh, and we're going to cleanse our palates by talking about the recent demo that we all played of Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Gentlemen, it's been a rough time. Uh, Campbell has just spent spent a long time playing a game that was just, I think we could safely say, not the best game of all time. You could but luckily, yes. luckily, a game is coming out soon that perhaps will be the best game of all time. Oh, I'm At calling least, it. It already is the best game of all time. Just I think we can all safely say Game of the Year 2022 mm-hmm. uh, contender... Kirby and the Forgotten Land had a demo come out recently. Campbell, Mark, and I have all played it. Guys, how are we feeling about this demo? You so can, good. You can eat a car in this game. <laughs> 10 out of you 10. Can, you I'm, can eat I'm a just car. Saying, Gran Turismo just came out, 
and that's a cool car game but you can't eat any of those cars you can't inhale <laughs> any of those cars therefore forgotten land is the best there you go by by i think that's the transitive property is that right am i using that correctly yes yes you definitely are <laughs> yeah uh so the kirby the forgotten on demo it's it is uh it's a simply i think it's what one or like maybe three levels tops two or three levels yes. three levels three levels yeah. three levels uh a little boss fight at the end of it it's the most delightful gosh darn thing i've played in a long time uh, my wife and i played it together co-op and just the entire time, just our faces were wrapped with joy mm-hmm. as we yep. just drunk in, I guess just to drank in, we drank in Kirby's... Grammar, I can't, I can't help it. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm so distracted by, by the majesty of this game. Uh, it looks beautiful. It plays great. It's fun. It's, it's got that classic Nintendo, like, sight gag humor. Like, it's just, it's, it's really, it's making me extremely hype for the final release which is going to be coming out later this month. Uh, uh, Mark, what about you? How'd you, how'd you feel about this? Oh, I loved it. It was everything yeah. I wanted. It was like yes. the, I don't want to say the Super Mario 3D world of Kirby, but it kind of was. It was that, mm. uh, it's this mix of, uh, I don't want to say a 2.5D, but it's definitely not a uh, like an open world experience. It's more of uh, these yeah. cohesive, yeah. Uh, smaller sandboxes where you jump between levels. And I love that because it's, it's just everything I wanted in a Kirby game. It's like it's open, but it's very direct. It's very to the point, and it's very for, go from A to B still. But you have like these objectives that you could do along the way, and you could like free Waddle Dees at the ending if you complete those secret objectives, which is always nice. There's a nice variety of power ups to use. The copy abilities, the way that they have changed them this time around, and how you'll be able to upgrade them. It's all just very promising. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I, I love that the perspective of the game. It's like it's kind of it's not quite isometric, but it, it is that kind of two and a half D sort of thing where you have, you have sort of a zoomed out view of of of, uh, of Kirby, and if you're playing a co-op and Waddle Dee as you're exploring the world, um, which is just like it's the perfect perspective to explore the world, find secrets, like things are hidden around corners in interesting ways, or you can like you know, go underground and wind up in a tunnel in an interesting way. Uh, it's great. The exploration feels really good. The action mm-hmm. feels fast and fluid, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's not a ton of copy abilities that you can get in this demo, but the ones that are there feel really, really good. I got the yeah, cutter. It's a nice hand. The, I, it's a nice handful. It's, it's like you kind of get a little taste of the things you can do, and it does mm-hmm. fold in some of those new uh, mouthful mode abilities as well. Um, I love the cone. The cone is great. The yeah, cone silly. is incredible. <laughs> the fact that you can do a little twirl as a taunt while you're the cone is just fantastic as it's well. It's icing on the cake, yeah. Although I will add, really my favorite mouthful mode was definitely just Kirby, and it's not just because <laughs> of the fact that you're a Kirby and a car at the same time it's also because if you're playing two player whoever is playing kirby gets the car but then the second player is a waddle d and waddle d is just hanging on on the back of kirby he's just hanging out there which i think is just adorable and just hanging out it's amazing you can throw spears and stuff it's kind of pointless because kirby's already going to destroy everything in his path anyway but just the fact kirby that he's unstoppable like, can, yeah. yeah kirby is an unstoppable force of nature bow ye mortals in despair but um 
it's still nice how they could roll that all together, single and multiplayer, um, or for the two players. It's just, it's yeah. really delightful. So many puns roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Campbell speak in puns. Himself. Yeah, he can help himself. I um, automatically so... speak in puns. Oh, shh. <laughs> I hated that. Um, I'm so... getting kind of tired from this. I, I'm going to die right now. This is, this is killing me. That sucks. Me. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Man, they're really so helpful. So, okay, okay I'm, so I'm let done. me... Let me ask you guys. So, uh, we, my wife and I encountered an interesting problem as we were playing this game. The new enemies, the little beast guys, uh, they're way too cute to <laughs> to want I was the same. They're just to good want little to boys. Harm. They're just the good little boys. Where you get little... the car when he eats them? I was like, no. I know. <laughs> they're, just little, they're just little foxes. They didn't and, do anything wrong. And also, these cutscenes look unreasonably good too. So, like, I could see the individual little hairs on the foxy guys. Well, it's like yeah, they're so they always like on the 3DS. They did the same, and I think mm-hmm. Hell Laboratory actually released them on YouTube, like full HD versions. Oh wow! And they just like look incredible. Like I don't know. Intelligent Systems, who does the uh, the Fire Emblem cutscenes, and then How Laboratory for Kirby, their cutscenes are just so well detailed. And even yeah. in Japan for Fire Emblem, they actually do like 4K, like they have like 4K video releases of those cutscenes. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, they're, clearly they've they've got the they've got the right stuff because they it looks really really good. I mean, I know we listen. We all love the Switch. But I feel like at least once an episode, one of us encounters some kind of a performance issue uh, with a game or with, or with you know, something, something like that. Or you encounter a game that is a continuous performance issue. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Campbell, no, no, stay positive. Stay positive. It's too late. Uh, it's drawing me back. <laughs> well, the tentacles I, wrapping around my arms. Oh, my God. Back. But, but this, this game, it, like, it looks and plays really smoothly and it's it's oh, yeah. just gotten me unbelievably excited for the, mm. the final release and of course we're going to have um, eliza from kirby informer back uh on that episode course, when we course. review this game just to, uh, honestly all of us are just going to mute our mics so we're just going to let eliza just freak the hell out for <laughs> mm-hmm. you know however long it takes um about this game uh it's great I'm, I'm super excited to play the full release um it's just the right mix of exploration and action it's like I love that you have the choice between you can play it like easy breezy mode or you can put it on a slightly higher difficulty. But even then, at the end of the day, it's Kirby. It's not going to be that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the perfect antidote to this like glut of really difficult action RPGs we've been we've all been <laughs> playing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been really loving Elden Ring and all these big games. But man, sometimes you just want to play something that's a little less taxing. And uh, this is it. And this is it. This is the perfect balm for that feeling. Um, anything else we want to kind of call out about this demo before we wrap up for the show for the day? It continues uh, to have a ridiculously good water, which is continuing a wonderful trend of Nintendo games. And not only does the water look insanely good, but Kirby just hangs out in a little, float. little yeah. floaty whenever he gets in the water. It's just, if this game couldn't have gotten any cuter. I mean, it's crazy. Well, Campbell, did you try using the uh, the ice power on the uh, water? No, I did not. If you use the ice copy ability on the water, Kirby will skate. Oh, oh my yeah. god! It's very. I cute. love that. My my heart. There's is so just much detail right in this. It's really. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what the final game. How much there's actually gonna be in it for each copy ability. Yeah. Because there's just so much. They've always put a lot of personality into Kirby himself, but this one's really. 
they're really taking an opportunity with the hardware to just uh, go all out. It reminds me of, you know, with Mario 64, how like Mario had so many different um, idle animations. It kind of reminds right. me of that, except it's more so um, like an active presence for Kirby with like different actions and stuff. And I also love when you uh, when you jump up in the air and you jump too many times. If there's like a ceiling limit, Kirby will start getting tired and he'll have like sweat and he'll slowly uh, start to fall. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it has a. Uh, I don't know. I, I I totally agree with you, Mark. I'm I'm excited to see what what they end up doing in terms of the small details because I think I'm I'm not like a diehard Kirby guy. I'm really not. Like I I, I enjoy I Kirby. <laughs> I, yeah, you are. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think I think you provide a, a valuable perspective because you have the most experience with Kirby. But one thing I have always enjoyed is that these games do have a lot of those little details for those who take the time to look for them. Even going back to like the, the, the original games, there's always like something interesting, um, whether it's an idle animation or just like something that you unexpected in the pause menu or something like that. Like there's always something in Kirby games um, for those who take that extra step to take a look. So I, I think this game is going to be packed full of stuff like that. So yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, we're, we're all looking forward to the final release. Um, we should probably call it there, unless there's anything else we want to uh, want to say about Kirby. Uh, I hope we're going to do this, but I'll soon have a ranking up on the website of yes. every Kirby game ever released. It's a long yes. one. <laughs> it's a long one. Can, but, uh, uh, yeah, Mark, Mark sent us yeah. the, the preliminary list, and it is a beast. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to see. That list has already changed. There you it's go. It's already been Ooh. changes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking Who's forward to gonna seeing the final Who's going to make it release. out on top? I have a feeling if we, <laughs> <laughs> if we review the whole thing with Eliza, I feel like there's going to be a battle towards the ending. <laughs> and that's I another thing where Cameron and I will just mute our mics and then watch you and Eliza <laughs> murder each other on air. Yeah. But it's funny, this is, Kirby game. is the one franchise where I feel like there's not a single bad game. After I literally reviewed, you know, not reviewed, but I looked over every single entry on the list and i was like there's not a single bad kirby game there's literally none that are like just straight up bad they're all good which is just surprising because i can't name another franchise yeah that's like i mean for on that you know on that yeah, pedestal for a franchise that has been running as long as kirby like that is that is kind of like huh like it's, it's kind of interesting i love that well so we'll look forward to, to reading that in uh, uh reading that list in its entirety um and of course debating uh, your choices, Mark. I cannot wait to uh, to get into a fight with you about that. <laughs> Although, again, I'm not the guy to talk to about that because I'm not the biggest Kirby guy. But you know, we'll get Eliza on here. She'll she'll uh, it'll be like King uh, Godzilla versus Kong. You know, we just, we just Campbell and I just be like let let, let them fight. Let them you know, fight. like <laughs> I'm curious <laughs> to see how many you guys have played. Should keep a tally. Truthfully, not that many. Like yeah, honestly, I've played maybe maybe five Kirby games. Like I'm thinking a few life. DS ones, the originals yeah. in the Wii collection. Uh, Return to Dreamland. So you played the good chunk. Played yeah, the, yeah, the good ones. I've played a good chunk now that I think yeah. of it. Yeah. The 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 uh, the NES uh, Kirby's Adventure is extremely good for like for an for an mm -hmm. NES game. It's like unbelievably good. Uh, and the Super Nintendo one, uh, Kirby Superstars, is is great. It's like just a, a stone cold mm -hmm. classic. Um, I played a little that of Kirby's. May, Canvas or may not be the first one on my list. I listen. I think it's the definitive <laughs> the Kirby number game. One. Um. But listen, we'll talk about that later down the line. Mm -hmm. Closer, I know we're celebrating Kirby all month because it is... Uh, what anniversary is it for Kirby this 30th. year? 30th. 
30th anniversary wow. for Kirby, a very big one. So obviously we'll be talking more about Kirby uh, as as the month goes on. Um, and of course, keep out, keep keep an eye on the website for for additional Kirby coverage because there's a lot to talk about uh, with this iconic character, and it's really just like an incredible franchise overall. Um, so I think that being said, I think we should probably call it there before we just devolve into into just gushing over the Kirby demo once more. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on goombastomp.com. Uh, most, oh boy, as I forget all of the things I was about to say, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Action Daxon. Campbell, I'm putting you first this time. Where can people find <laughs> wow. you on the internet? Cameron, my heart is just warmed. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this honor, but I'll use this time to shout out my Twitter, which is CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG. And you can find my games writing at Goombastomp.com. Shocking, I know. Uh, you can find a written version of my rant about Aztec Forgotten Gods and read my palatable disappointment in that review, which should be up by the time this show goes live. Uh, and stay tuned for an indie game spotlight this weekend, as well as, of course, plenty of other cool indie coverage in the very near future. I love it. And Mark, what about yourself? You can find me at the Markel, but of course it's Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, right now on the website, I've been working on a lot of stuff, so you'll see a lot of coverage probably uh, next week. But uh, up on the website, I have, of course, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I got the review for that. Uh, Grapple Dog. And I wrote a piece about my impressions from Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. So if you want to know what's new or some of my observations, you can go check that out. Well, there you go. Of course, NXpress is also on social media. We are at, at Twitter. We are on Twitter at NXpress Nintendo, and of course, available to download and rate and review on the podcast platform of your choice. So please do that. More engagement helps us uh, make the show popular, and of course, helps us keep us making the show. So uh, yeah, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.